up, y'all? It's your girl, Sarah Sodizi. Welcome back to the Chiona Podcast. It's another Friday, another whatever day you're listening to this. <laughs> in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon, on a holiday, not on a holiday, during your work day, as you go to sleep, whatever the heck you're listening to it. I very much appreciate it, and I'm glad you're here. Okay, so I've been watching the reboot of The Proud Family, and let me just say, that show when it was originally on was already iconic, but now that they've rebooted it and, like, are, are, are introducing new characters, new storylines, like, still keeping it fresh while still maintaining the original storyline is amazing. If you haven't watched it on Disney+, Plus, I highly recommend it, and it's it's interesting because I started to get my thoughts flowing, and understanding that like representation in that show first of all was amazing and it wasn't it, it was done in a way that wasn't so stereotypical at least for me at least for me other people might have differing opinions on that but like seeing a latino family on screen like that was just so important for me as a kid like I didn't realize it then but now I'm looking at it and watching it as an adult and I'm realizing like yo like this is a family that's, first of all, a Latino family that's rich and well-off. Are you kidding me? Usually, usually. In most media, the women are overly sexualized and represented as like a housekeeper or as a single mom or, you know, like all of these stereotypes or can't speak English properly, you know, like all of these stereotypes are embedded within our media. That's what the Latino woman is. Whereas in this show, you have Sunset Boulevardes, who is an icon, an icon, is a full-on police, police woman, has you know, an amazing job, like amazing career or is very much focused on her career while still maintaining her family and just doesn't fall under that, that, you know, that, that dumb stereotype that everyone has about Latina women. And then you have Felix Boulevardes, who is also just as hardworking. So we still maintain that character trait that a lot of us Latinos have, that orgullo and that like that drive to really work hard and stuff like that because they're a well-off family and they can maintain themselves like really well. They have a really nice house and they can afford a bunch of nice things. And you hardly ever see that. Like I'm telling you, as somebody that's like consumed a whole lot of this stuff, like you never really see that, right? You usually see guys as like working for the cartel or they're working, you know, um, they're illegal and they, um, they're, they're trying to find contract work. Which, granted, granted, these stereotypes also play into some realities for some people. So those stories are just as equally as important. I'm not saying that they should completely be ignored. But that's often what is only represented. And I feel like us being able to see other kinds of families or the ways that uh, Latino families are portrayed in a more positive light is so, so important. So, yeah, you'll have people like Felix and then you'll also have... And, yo, granted, this is not my favorite character. Actually, in fact, I hated her. I hated her when I was watching her growing up because how are you going to be friends with somebody and yet bag on them the entire time? Like, you can't get the best of both worlds. That doesn't make any sense. La Cienega Boulevardes, I'm looking at you. But at the same time, seeing a character with the same skin tone as me... With the same skin, with the same skin tone as me, was so unbelievably important. And I identified. It's interesting because I identified with a lot of things that Penny was feeling, or like the traits that Penny has, even though she's a black woman. Like I can't deny that. I identified with a lot of traits that she has, but at the same time, seeing a character that looked like me, despite the fact that I do, I cannot stand La Cienega. Like there's still, there's still that 
there's still that hmm, there's still that ability for me to connect with the characters and just like feel myself represented in that now where am I going with this where am I going with this I was watching this show and I was thinking to myself I was like what are the shows that have truly influenced this like the person that I am today because you always think like when you're a kid you're just watching shows just to watch shows and to be entertained and things like that those are those like you never really think deeper about it until you get a little bit older and as I am getting older I've come to realize like yo wait a minute this show here this show here this show here has really influenced my thought process whether it comes to the jokes that I make or just the things that I say so in this week's episode that's what I'm going to be talking about today I'm going to be talking about tv shows that have influenced my life and my persona and just the person I've become today and I think I'm going to make this into a series because I've come to realize, like, as I look at my list here, I'm like, yo, I don't think nobody wants to hear me chatting on about, like, like, 10 different shows that have, like, influenced who I am. So I'm going to reduce it. If you guys want to hear the next part of it, then let me know. But this is what it is. Okay, so the first one is That's So Raven. And I saw, like, an overarching theme uh, throughout my analysis on all of this because I realized I was just like... I literally grew up watching shows that had people of color in it because like I just like I wanted to see somebody that kind of looked like me or kind of acted like me. So again, like unconsciously, we 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 try to find these shows and and things that we want to watch where we feel like, oh, like that could be me or I could be like that. And honestly, Raven like her her character sometimes I just think like I probably would do something like that not maybe not to that dramatic extreme because obviously it's for entertainment purposes but whenever I would watch that show I would very much think like yo like I'm pretty sure I would have handled it the same way or I feel like whenever she had like a crush on a boy she would do anything to get their attention and at that age oh you best believe oh you best believe I was out here making a complete clown of myself a complete Tom fool of myself and doing lots of things to get boys attention even though it was just a crash and burn situation from the start so watching that show not only gave me like the representation that I wanted or like that I felt like I needed to connect with but also just like that relatability factor where she's just she's very dramatic and she's funny and she this is another thing is that she thinks that her jokes are funny even when other people don't think that they're funny so A lot of times, even throughout this podcast, like I even laugh at myself whenever I talk about certain things and I'm thinking like maybe my audience will think that I'm funny, but I don't care because I think that I'm funny, you know? (laughs) Um, So oftentimes I find myself in these situations with my friends, my family, like tons of people that I come in contact with where I'll tell a joke and it won't be funny to anybody else except for me. And Raven like her character is very much set on that where a lot of times she'll like make like a stupid 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 joke and she'll be the only one that's laughing and it's like a whole gag within the series like where she'll well she'll say something and then the other person that she's talking to won't even laugh and she'll be the only one laughing it's amazing like that's disney channel type humor but i don't care because i relate to it so much where i'm like i don't care what you say i think that it's funny the other thing about that show is adrian freaking bylon like I've told so many people about this is seeing a Latina like on screen like her 
despite her character being like the bad kid and like, you know, like being feisty and having tons of attitude and all that stuff, it was still so funny. And I thought that she was still so cool. And then it transcended even more when she was in the Cheetah Girls. Oh my goodness. Like seeing, seeing her and like my dream in life, literally my dream in life is to meet her someday. Like, I don't even know if that's ever going to happen. I mean, one can dream, but I adore her. I think she's so stunning. She's a boss. She's like everything that I aspire to be in life, honestly, like in terms of like success and being pretty and like all of these things, like I absolutely love her. So seeing her on screen, watching that show as a kid, like again, the representation is there. It's not necessarily even just the, it's not even necessarily the personality. It's just the fact that you're seeing somebody that looks like you and speaks the same freaking language as you it's so 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 important all right so this next one I know a lot of y'all know that this is what has influenced my entire life since I was like in I don't even know since I was like in the third grade okay so context here and I know some people who are listening know this but when I was growing up, I used to go through a lot of phases where I would be obsessed with one thing and I would take it from like a 10 to a 3000. So what do I mean by that? So I mean like in, I think it was in grade four or grade five, I want to say. When was it? I feel like it was grade four. Yeah, it was grade four. In the fourth grade, I was obsessed with Scooby-Doo. Like, and when I say obsessed with Scooby-Doo, I mean like I, it, my entire, when we went back to school shopping... I made my mom get me the backpack, the lunchbox, the pencil case, pencils, stationery, like everything had to be Scooby-Doo. And my logic for this is really trivial and I'm going to tell you it anyways because I was dumb. So my whole logic behind this or being obsessed with Scooby-Doo, oh, I also purchased a whole bunch of books from the Scholastic Book Fair. Shout out to Scholastic Book Fairs. You were awesome. I used to... I used to buy all the books that were based on the series and things like that. But anyways, the reason why I love Scooby-Doo so much is because <laughs> the initials for Scooby-Doo were S SD. And that's the same initials that I have for like my real actual name, not my stage name. But even technically my, my stage name, so easy is SD as well. So like... That was my whole logic. I was like, oh my gosh, Scooby-Doo has the same initials as me. Yeah, like this is dope, blah, blah, blah. So I felt so unbelievably cool with my Scooby-Doo backpack and my Scooby-Doo lunchbox and my Scooby-Doo pencil case. Oh, and it even went so far as to get like a whole comforter and bed bed set that was all Scooby-Doo. So I'm talking pillowcases and the sheets and towels and like I'm I'm telling you guys, I used to take it to a 3000. Y'all think that y'all think this is a game, but it's not. So anyways, back to my point is I would go through these phases where I become obsessed with certain things. And in grade 5, in grade 5, that's really where it started because I did I did really like this show. Um, from like the very, very, very beginning, I really liked this show, but in grade five was when it was tenfold. And I have a couple of friends from, um, from elementary school that listen to this podcast. Y'all can vouch for me and y'all can, I know y'all know this is I had an entire room dedicated to SpongeBob SquarePants. And you're probably thinking now, like those of you that know me now, they're like, okay, wait, Sarah, you're still obsessed with SpongeBob. And this is true. This is true. I still am very much obsessed with the sponge that is underwater. But when I tell you my room 
was just decorated from head to toe. You know that episode? Wow, this is related to what I was going to talk about. But you know that episode where it's um, that, that, that tape that Patchy puts in the VCR? And he's like, oh my gosh, it's the lost episode. This is going to be sick. And then SpongeBob starts dancing. And then Patchy was like, what the heck was that? Like, I'm not a fan of SpongeBob anymore. Or like, he betrayed us. And he goes to his room and destroys the entire room full of SpongeBob merch. That room was inspired by my room in grade five, okay? Because I had the exact same sheets. First of all, I had the exact same sheets, pillowcases, um, stationary watch, flip-flops for the love of God. I had SpongeBob flip-flops, okay, in grade five. Who needs that? Nobody does. But I had SpongeBob flip-flops. I had plush toys. I had all the merch, okay? I even said Valentine's cards that were SpongeBob themed, okay? So I took it there. I took it there. But that being said... This show has influenced me in so many freaking ways, especially when it comes to the way that I speak to people. So like I was telling you just now, I was relating a situation with a SpongeBob episode because I feel like every single situation can relate back to an episode of SpongeBob. And I'm not talking about the crappy new episodes because let's be real here, the humor just isn't the same. And Steven Hillenburg changed our lives for the comedy to just deteriorate over time like no 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 no. i am obviously talking about seasons one through three we don't even talk about anything past season three we don't and it's funny that they don't got those seasons on netflix they have the crappy seasons because obviously ain't nobody trying to watch the the newer seasons i mean maybe like these new kids they probably would want to watch them but all of us ogs you already know, like the 1999, 2000 episodes, like the ones with the grainy animation style. You already know the jokes were superior level on that show. So, yeah, that that show has very much influenced the way that I look at things and I relate things back to SpongeBob episodes. And not to mention just the fact that, like, hello, the amount of memes, the amount of memes that come out of that show are just like undeniably so funny. I have an entire folder. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I have an entire folder dedicated to memes. And I want to say that maybe like 75% of those memes in that folder are SpongeBob memes. Okay? And nobody, I don't care who is listening, nobody, nobody, nobody can even top the amount of SpongeBob memes that I have in my folder. I don't want to show you guys, <laughs> I don't want to show you guys, because if you ask me, some of them are hella inappropriate and, and, and are not meant for everyone to see, but just trust me. Just trust me when I say my meme collection is ridiculous and I am going to forever be a SpongeBob fan till the day that I die and my children and my children's children will be watching seasons one through three because there is no way I am leaving this earth without them knowing what a Weenie Hut Jr. is. I am not leaving them on this earth without them knowing that mayonnaise is not considered an instrument and neither is horseradish. And there is definitely no freaking way que me entierren y me encuentro con Jesús. Jesus himself, translation, if they bury me and I meet Jesus himself, there's no freaking way that they're not going to live their lives without knowing I am ugly and I'm proud. Thank you very much. <laughs> like even just now, I thought of something. Okay, there's that episode of SpongeBob where Mr. Krabs falls in love with Mrs. Puff and tries to buy her a whole bunch of stuff. And he goes to SpongeBob and he's like, SpongeBob, SpongeBob, we're not talking about this. We're talking about this. And then SpongeBob loses his freaking mind and says the same thing back. But he's like, <laughs> he's like, we're not talking about this. We're not talking about this. We're talking about this. 
And that's exactly how I feel. I will, when I talk so passionately about SpongeBob because it has influenced my entire life and it is going to influence my children's life, there is no option, I'm sorry. Okay, so this last one, I feel like only a select few will be able to relate to this because if you grew up in a Christian home, if you grew up in a Christian home, maybe in a secular home, you might be you might be able to recognize it. But I know for a fact, if you grew up in a Christian home, you had to have at least at least had a touch, a smidge of what was Veggie Tales. All right, I know the 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 flashbacks are all starting to come back, and I know some of y'all haven't watched that in a hot minute. But if you are interested in watching it, just know there are a bunch of episodes on YouTube that you can watch for free. God bless. God bless. God loves you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> but that show had such great, co- like cheesy comedy, but at the same time was like such a positive and happy-go-lucky message because like whether you believe in God or not okay or whether you believe in the Bible or like stories from the Bible whether you believe in that stuff or not you have to admit like if you've never seen it go watch it but you have to admit that this was a this was a show that just transcended and just like stood the test of time for a while because I started watching that I want to say I started watching that when I was in kindergarten and I watched it all the way up until like grade seven I think grade six or grade seven so it like really stood the test of time and to be honest as somebody that did in fact grow up in the church it was such an easy way for me to stay entertained while I was at church because the last thing see thing is as a kid, you're either one of two kids, okay? You're you're the one that's like super, super enthusiastic about going to church and being like, yes, I'm going to be with God and I'm going to get to sing and I'm going to get to do plays and stuff like that. You can be one of those kids or you can be the kid that's just like my parents forced me to come and I hate it here. Honestly, trust me, like sometimes there'd be days where I did not want to go to church. Like my parents would have to drag me by my feet and I hated going because I was like, I don't want to go. I don't feel like going. But VeggieTales, like, made that experience so much better. I mean, now, obviously, it's different. Like, I go because I want to go. But, like, when I was a kid, VeggieTales made such a difference. Not only that, but it made these stories so easy to, like, to understand. But it had, like, a comedic and, like, silly twist on it. Because they're vegetables. Like, they're animated talking vegetables. What can you do with that? Oh, and some were some were fruits because I realized (laughs) I realized in like what like the fifth grade that a tomato is a fruit huh go figure and so the whole concept of it being called veggie tales didn't make sense to me because I was like if Bob which is one of the main characters of the show if Bob is a tomato he's not a vegetable so why is it called veggie tales I mean uh, Larry the cucumber I mean that makes sense wait wait a minute am I just realizing something here I gotta search something up because I think I have just come to a realization just now that maybe both Bob and Larry are freaking fruits, not vegetables. What? No, no, y'all. My life is over. My life has been a freaking lie. I just checked to see if cucumbers were fruits because they come from a seed. And like biology, I guess, tells you that if it comes from a seed, then it'll be a fruit. That's what I got from like, you know, tomatoes, like you can grow a tomato in your backyard and it's a fruit, you know, like, and it comes from like a flower, right? I just searched it up now and a cucumber, y'all, I wish you could see my face right now. A cucumber is technically considered a fruit, but we call it a vegetable because of how it's used to make salads and like different types of cuisine and it can be pickled and stuff like that. Guys, okay, so now for sure the title of Veggie Tales don't make no sense. God, God, 
what are you doing out here spreading misinformation? Anyways, anyways, but back to my point about, <laughs> about Veggie Tales. This show is so iconic because the humor was just so, like, it's so unmatched. It was really cheesy, but it just, like, made it made for good clean comedy you know what i mean because now i feel like everything has like an underlying dirty joke to it i just personally really prefer clever and like witty and cheesy comedy because that's just the type of person i am hello big spongebob fan here even though there are a fair share of dirty jokes in spongebob but nonetheless so like having that was just so so great as a kid and even as a grown-up no i'm not gonna lie to you like sometimes i will go on youtube fun fact there's a whole bunch of episodes on youtube if you want to watch veggie tales for free but i mean i or my family i should say we're special because <laughs> we have the vhs which for those of you that don't know is like the cassette tapes that you put on the tv and it'll play because we're in that generation now where like literally my niece won't even know what the heck that is but um <laughs> we have a whole bunch of the vhs's and i really wish that my vhs tape was still working because like those were like the og like og ways of watching it like i wouldn't dare to buy a dvd or i wouldn't like i wouldn't dare to like do that stuff now really but like you know just for nostalgic pur purposes i would totally want to watch veggie tales on my tv using my using my vcr to play that oh my gosh it was so iconic but so i'd say that it influenced me in the sense where it got me like it got the wheels turning in terms of asking questions about who god is and all the things that happen within the bible and like i said you don't have to believe in it, you don't have to like follow along with what I'm saying but just me personally a lot of this allowed me to understand like these are the things that happen in the bible and these are the things that you know that that God had happened for a reason and you get to learn lessons from it because after the episode is over I'm gonna get a synopsis of this so basically it talks about the story and then afterwards Bob and Larry the freaking fruits not the vegetables <laughs> talk about what happens in the story and then they relate a verse to it and they talk about like or they have like a bit of a discussion about what the story or what the moral of the story is and it's really great because as a kid you're very impressionable and I feel like having positive messages like that that kind of tell you like hey like bullying is wrong or like when somebody makes fun of you it's not very nice so you shouldn't do it to other people or like you know when you're scared of something sometimes it's really hard for us to face those things but in the end when you have the courage to face what's scaring you eventually you don't feel scared anymore or you know you realize like oh wait maybe I can face this so like having positive messages like that is so unbelievably great and so me as a as a person now I try to be as positive as possible that being said I mean I have my days and people who know me know me like I will not be afraid to confront somebody and to put them in their place don't get it twisted but having positive messages like this and like spreading positivity and just being a happy person is part of who I am and VeggieTales has contributed so much to that I want no here's what my here's what my challenge is to all of y'all okay I want you to go on YouTube go on YouTube and <laughs> type in VeggieTales the dance of the cucumber and tell me that's not the most iconic thing you've ever seen in your life like we need to also talk about the silly songs like there was a segment on the show where the veggie tales or like some of the characters from the show would sing songs and even those were iconic are you kidding me so the one that i was just talking about the dance of the cucumber is in spanish literally 
the cucumber is singing in i sound like like this sounds like it's just a totally bad drug trip but i'm telling you the show was amazing so the cucumber is singing in spanish and then the tomato is translating it and it doesn't really make sense because it just speaks to the fact that like certain things like when i talk on here when i translate things in english it's like relatively close to what I say, but in Spanish, it sounds so much better and it makes more sense. You know what I mean? Like when I was growing up, this is a side story. When I was growing up, my parents used to say all these different kinds of phrases. And if you translate it in English, it doesn't make no sense. Okay. But listening to that song, the the, the dancing cucumber, the, the ballad of the cucumber or whatever. Oh my goodness. I love that song. There's also another song. If you want to search it up on YouTube, it's called the water buffalo song. I can't tell you how many times my brother and I used to watch it on repeat, like literally rewind the tape and play that song again because we used to howl howl and fill our entire house with laughter and screaming because we thought it was the most hysterical thing in the world the song makes absolutely no sense absolutely no sense whatsoever because they're again they're vegetables what are you gonna do with a water buffalo but just like the comedy and the concept it's just hilarious what's another one that i really really liked there was another one. Oh my gosh oh my gosh the cheeseburger one Oh my gosh, Kate, no, you need to search that one up too. Go on YouTube, search up Mr. Lunt um, cheeseburger song and it'll be like the best like three minutes. I don't even know how long the song is. It'll be like the best like three minutes of your life because it's literally, what is he supposed to be? He's supposed to be like a potato, I think, or is he like a squash or a gourd or something like that? I don't even know, but it's literally like a potato singing about a cheeseburger <laughs> and it has nothing to do with, this is what I mean when like I say that some secular or people who didn't grow up in the church, like they, they, they'll have watched that because that song has absolutely nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It's just about a cheeseburger, but it's clean and funny comedy. And I just, that song right there. So that song, the dancing cucumber and the water buffalo song, bruh, those are the ones that influence my entire existence as a human being. Because again, cheesy comedy, that's my jam. That is my jam. And there you have it, damas y caballeros. Ladies and gentlemen, these are some of the TV shows that have influenced my persona, the way that I perceive things, the way that I talk about things. Like, listen, listen, okay? Let's just go back to the SpongeBob episodes for a second. Tell me that you don't have, like, a specific episode that doesn't play rent-free in your mind. Or maybe that's just me. Because to be honest with you, standing at the top of a rooftop and yelling, I'm ugly and I'm proud, is like, hello, hello that's like the bane of my existence hello and it just lives in my mind rent free all the time and then there's also the episode <laughs> the episode of Sp see i can't even say it without laughing because like i just love i just love it but there's like a dialogue where squidward sees patrick and uh spongebob playing with reef blowers and he's like playing with a reef blower that's the most childish thing i've ever heard of but it's fun like i guys i could go on and on and give you an entire dialogue between every single character in spongebob because that's how obsessed i am still am i still in grade five heck yeah you know something i'm thinking like i don't have a pair of flip-flops anymore because usually for work like obviously i can't wear that type of stuff or like just in general i don't really have anything like that so maybe i will invest in some spongebob flip-flops this summer and just rock them because you know what? Like, everyone seems to be thinking that Crocs are the move. And maybe they are. Maybe. But wait a minute. 
if I were to get, okay, wait, 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 let me just scratch that. If I were to get SpongeBob Crocs, would that be a vibe? Would that be? No, actually, you know what? No, no, no. I could never wear Crocs. Not a day. Not a day in my life. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Let's go back to the flip-flop thing. I'm going to get a pair of SpongeBob flip-flops if I can find them. And I'm going to rock them all summer long, yo. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. If you have other topics or things that you'd like me to discuss, then please feel free to hit me up on Instagram at SoDZ. This week, I'm reading a book that I think a lot of my fellow Latinas should very much look into reading, even though it is related to a lot of the statistics and a lot of things that are going on in the U.S. I think it's still super important to reflect and talk about the fact that this is something, like I can't tell you how many times I've heard this before. Uh, The book is called You Sound Like a White Girl, and it's by the author Julissa Arce. I hope I'm saying that right. And she is a Mexican-born immigrant that emigrated to the United States, and she talks a lot about how there's this lie that or like this kind of idea where if we speak a certain way or if we look a certain way or if we act a certain way if we assimilate ourselves to what is known as the colonizer culture or things like trying to be white or trying to act white or trying to talk white or you know just portray ourselves in this way there's this lie that we're given this lie that we're told that we're finally going to be accepted by the greater society and unfortunately in a lot of cases even within Canada I can speak for myself when I say it it'll never happen like I hate to think that way that I'm never going to be looked at the same way as a white person I hate to think that way but again it really it really gets you thinking in the sense where wow we're so what is what's the word we're so used to this this thinking where that's the ideal that's the things that we should aspire to be this is what we should we should we should look like this is what we should sound like and she talks a lot about how we should break those molds and not be afraid to make our presence known the amount of times that i've ever set foot in a room and i've been so nervous because i'm really the only person of color there or to even be the only woman in the room the amount of times that i've been so afraid to make my mark in that in in that space is just is crazy to me but this book has been so great in kind of turning my the wheels in my head I guess and helping me think like yeah I I don't look like you and I never will look like you and no matter how much I try I don't think I'll ever reach that point where you'll finally see me as one of your equals as much as I would love to but I think there's something to be said about making your mark as a person of color in an in a system that doesn't want to accept you making your mark and making your presence known regardless if they want to see you or not so yeah that's part of my book recommendations list again it's on instagram if you want to check out my highlight reels and check out other books that i've been reading i am so unbelievably proud of myself for reading all the books that i have in the past two months like hello and not to mention the fact that majority of these books that i've been reading have been authors of color which i you already know i love me some representation a lot of my research in academia has to do with representation in different areas and different aspects of our culture whether that's in you know fictional literature non-fictional literature in academia in sports in music and all these kinds of things so i try to support that as much as i can but yeah stay tuned for all of that beautiful wonderful and amazing stuff and as always black lives matter indigenous lives matter immigrant lives matter and god loves you so 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 much and as do i i will see you next week i'm out of here peace out okay bye